Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Wednesday, October 19th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Jenna Elementary will close at the end of the week following a report of radioactive contamination. The decision was announced last night at a school board meeting. We'll have more on all that in just a bit. There are also concerns this morning about toxic private water wells in Springfield, Missouri. Residents learned in 2018 that a former manufacturing facility was the source of the contamination. There are no hazardous sign placards to this day, right now. There has never been anything on that fence. Locals have been trying to determine how long officials knew the water may have been polluted. An investigation from St. Louis Public Radio and the Midwest Newsroom has some of those answers. We'll have that story in just a few minutes. As we mentioned off the top, the Hazelwood School District is closing an elementary school because of contamination from World War II-era radioactive waste. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grunke reports. Jana Elementary will switch to virtual schooling starting next week. Students could get new school assignments as early as November. Many parents say they're glad the district took action, but are frustrated by the plans for virtual school. Teresha Anderson's daughter is a second grader with special needs. We already did the virtual thing when the pandemic first hit, so I hope Hazel will do right by the students. Our kids love our school. Parents also question why the school wasn't already closed this week. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. A Missouri Board of Education member says the state's education challenges run deeper than teacher pay. The final recommendations from a commission studying Missouri's teacher shortage focuses on salaries. But board member Pamela Westbrooks-Hodge says school funding equity should not be ignored. The commission's work has really just brought to light that we need to focus on addressing the structural root cause of the funding pain points in our educational system. The commission's report says Missouri's heavy reliance on local tax revenue for education means schools that need the most resources often receive the least. Some stark differences have emerged from last night's final public debate for Illinois' two major gubernatorial candidates. Dave McKinney reports on that final political face-off before November 8th for Democratic incumbent J.B. Pritzker and Republican Darren Bailey. Bailey wouldn't be pinned down about budget cuts he'd make, abortion restrictions he'd enact, or even whether he'd support Donald Trump in 2024. Instead, he found a new way to blame Pritzker for Chicago's problems. Chicago is the nightmare called Pritzkerville. Pritzker punched back at Bailey for his ties to Trump. Darren Bailey is a threat to democracy. He has surrounded himself with January 6th insurrectionists, sought out the number one January 6th insurrectionist, Donald Trump's endorsement. Wow. And frankly, it's corrupt. Bailey needed a big breakthrough at the debate as polls show the race tilting heavily Pritzker's way. This is Dave McKinney. Missouri voters could go over the head of Governor Mike Parson on whether to issue a mass pardon for state marijuana offenses. Parson does not plan to take such action, but Amendment 3 includes language to vacate the sentences of some marijuana offenses. Democratic State Representative Ashley Bland-Manlove is against the amendment. She says it's selective about whose charges are expunged and the measure does not have a universal appeal process. If you're serving right now, um, you have to, you know, still appeal to the court. And it's based off of judicial discretion which we know does not work out for poor and melanated peoples. That amendment also proposes legalizing recreational marijuana in Missouri. It goes to voters next month. 
The Missouri Supreme Court has set a February execution date for a suburban St. Louis man convicted of killing his girlfriend and her three children nearly 18 years ago. The court says Leonard Taylor is to be executed February 7th at the state prison in Bonterre. The U.S. Supreme Court declined to hear the case, leading to the setting of an execution date. A few years ago, hundreds of residents in Springfield, Missouri, found out private well water in the area tested positive for the industrial solvent trichloroethylene. Missouri's Department of Natural Resources held a packed community meeting on the matter led by former official Ed Galbraith. For those people for whom this came as a surprise, and especially for those folks who had TCE in their wells and didn't know it, um, I apologize. Some local residents are now suing because they were not told their water was contaminated. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmid and the Midwest Newsroom's Steve Vokrot investigate how many years the water may have been polluted and why it took so long for residents to find out. DNR's message to Don York and his family was short and clear. Don't drink the water, don't brush your teeth with the water, don't take a shower in the water, don't get it on you. Tests in 2018 revealed the well water at his family's construction business had TCE levels 17 times higher than what the Environmental Protection Agency considers safe. We made coffee with the water, we cooked with the water. My wife and I a lot of times spent 16, 18 hours a day there. The property is less than a mile from the site where former defense contractor Litton Industries made printed circuit boards for decades. Workers used TCE to remove tape and grease from the boards. Alicia York Stradling says for years her family had no indication the water below them might be tainted. There are no hazardous sign placards to this day, right now. There has never been anything on that fence. Today, the Yorks say the TCE contamination makes their property worthless, and they want to recoup the money they've poured into it. Don York says the new owners of the Lytton site, defense contractor Northrop Grumman, only offered to connect their property to Springfield's water and sewer system. If we signed a document that relieving them of all liability. On to the future? Yes. Yep. That is not happening. How come? You know, I would never sign off that they're not liable. The York family and a few other residents are now suing Northrop Grumman. The lawsuit alleges the company knew nearby residents were exposed to TCE since 2004 and withheld that information from the public. Inhalation of TCE can lead to cancer, but there haven't been enough studies to know its health risks when ingested. Between 2018 and 2020, DNR found TCE in 87 private wells. For many, it was the first time they heard their water was tainted. And here is where our investigation comes in. We learned that DNR employees raised specific concerns in the 1990s that TCE was spreading into local groundwater from Lytton's property. Before we get to how Lytton and DNR responded, let's hear from a former Lytton employee. Pat Brigance worked at the company in the late 1960s. She says it was hard to avoid breathing the TCE. You don't have no kind of ventilation, no nothing. Me, I passed out two, three times. When you come to, it's like you're drunk. Her brother-in-law, Danny Eddington, also worked at Lytton. He says contaminated liquid would sometimes go into waste lagoons behind the main building. Sometimes that tank got full before the replaying people come, you know. That's when you had to get rid of it or you just wouldn't have to shut down. 
an EPA report estimates by 1993, Lytton had dumped about 194 million gallons of wastewater on its site. 1993 is also when we found DNR employees explicitly flagging their concerns with Lytton's practices. They knew the geology of the region allows a swift underground water flow that could easily spread the hazardous waste. Lytton and DNR agreed any investigation and cleanup of contamination would stay on the company's property. This didn't change until 2001, after Northrop Grumman bought Lytton. That's when an unrelated investigation into a jet fuel spill at the Springfield airport finds local springs still have high TCE levels. This causes DNR to finally tell Northrop Grumman to clean up the pollution beyond its property. Former DNR geologist Peter Price raised concerns about Lytton's TCE problem in 1995, but his concerns were dismissed by management. There was certainly a feeling within our department that there was very likely off-site contamination and investigation should be extended beyond the property boundaries of Lytton's property. They were reluctant to do that. Even higher-ups at DNR were unaware. Steve Mahfoud was the agency's director from 1997 to 2005. In that almost seven-and-a-half-year time period, there was probably two minor mentions of the situation in Springfield with, with Lytton. Current DNR officials only agreed to answer our questions in writing, defending their actions with Lytton. They say DNR doesn't usually issue public notices while investigating contamination. Representatives from Northrop Grumman declined to discuss this story, but in memos to DNR, Lytton, and later Northrop Grumman repeated their commitment to cleaning up the contamination. The notes usually stopped short of admitting responsibility, often claiming there were other potential sources of TCE. But former Lytton workers say the company undoubtedly caused the contamination. Here's Danny Eddington, whom you heard from earlier. There was some nighttime getting rid of chemicals going on, you know. You witnessed this? I, I, I hate to say it, but I did some of it. Hello? We found Eddington at his home in Willard. You Danny? I'm Danny. Dan Eddington. And we asked him why they dumped the chemicals. I felt bad about what we did, and, but we were ignorant to the fact at the time that these chemicals were all toxic. Danny Eddington died six days after we recorded this interview with him. Bless his heart, he was just such a jolly, good person, and then he just fell apart and had lung cancer. Pat Bergant says what happened to her brother-in-law is common among former Lytton workers. I'd hate to say how many people, but they died with cancer. And that everybody that we get together with talks about it because there's so many of them. There isn't enough evidence to link Lytton's TCE use with specific medical conditions. But the lawsuit against Northrop Grumman seeks to establish ongoing medical testing for the residents whose wells registered TCE at any point. Today, the old Lytton site is empty, and Northrop Grumman has remediated most of the soil where TCE and other chemicals were dumped. But it's a lot harder to remove the TCE that's already gotten into the groundwater, and it could take more than 100 years for it to begin to break down. I'm Eric Schmidt. And I'm Steve Vakrat in Springfield, Missouri.
This story is from the Midwest Newsroom, an investigative reporting collaboration with NPR and member stations in Missouri, Iowa, Kansas, and Nebraska. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.